0: The Brewers win last night over the Pittsburgh Pirates by the score of six to one. It was uh, not until the fourth inning that a certain individual who makes a lot of money stepped up to the plate and had to uh, give us a little hope maybe for the, this year and his career. Fly ball deep. The first home run of the year for Yelly, and it happened to be, yes, the Grand Slam. Is Yellich back, Rowdy? Can we do it off of one hit, one home run, one Grand Slam?
1: Well, first off, if we're going to say let's uh, table the Brewers panic button conversation for mid to late March, I think we're going to have to... We're going to also have to table the Christian Yelich's back after a successful one game.
0: Yeah, it felt good, though, didn't it? Yelich was uh, more evidence that Yelich is listening to you, dude, or everyone's listening to this show because, what was it, Not not last? was it last week or two weeks ago that you were talking about Christian Yelich and his launch angles? That uh, was last week. Was that last week, early last week? I think Yelich's been listening to you, dude. Uh, and I know for a fact I had sent you and RJ Uh, a DM here in our group last night that I was perusing from uh, Adam McKelvey. Oh, looks like Adam McKelvey deleted it. But there was a tweet of Yelly talking to the hitting coach, one of the hitting coaches, and he's saying, remember when I was good? Remember when I was good? And they are talking about the angle uh, of his bat. Rowdy, you were on that early last week. I think Yelly was listening. Look at that that no-doubter he hit
1: at American Family Field. Felt good, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, seeing Christian Yelich and the at bats that he had yesterday. Not only did he game. have the grand slam, but Christian Yelich also the double. Yeah, he uh, smoked that double and he did a walk. had a he walk. walk. I yeah. mean, he was on base three times last night. But he a I good game. I, I tweeted it out, Christian Yelich, because his first time when he came let's up see. there and, and hit that hard ball into right, right field. I gotta see this tweet from you, Rowdy. Where's for a, right a double, here.
0: go to Rowdy underscore Razor. Let's see here. Yes, Rowdy. Let's see.
1: It was, I think that was the first time Christian Yelich had hit a hard ball to right field all season.
0: Yeah, because the only hard ball I recall him hitting was uh, it Wrigley to left field, if I remember correctly.
1: Yeah, all, everything he's hit that's been hard this year has been to center or left. And everything to the right side of the infield or right side of the diamond has been little toppers in the infield. I don't remember any hard hit ball until that double to right field. Then he follows it up with the grand slam, which was hit even harder. That's that's a monster. That Christian Yelich swing with the weight transfer with the for what it seemed like the launch angle from how the ball jumped off of his bat where the ball landed in the stands that looked like the most 2018 19 Christian Yelich we've probably seen since 2019. Yeah,
0: that was what a change up left in the middle of the plate and Yelich just spanked it. My God, that was a no doubter. Just the sound, just the sound alone. You're like, oh my God, that thing has been destroyed. Just just listen. We don't have to listen to the, the call. Just listen to the sound of the bat hitting the ball.
2: Fly ball deep. Oh, <laughs>
0: God. Brody, it's like an explosion off of the bat from Yelly. That was absolutely incredible. Just one more. It's like it's like a cup of coffee to me. One more time. Here you go. Fly ball Ooh. deep. That thing just sounds beautiful, Rowdy. Damn Yeah, what a game from Yelly, man. That was a hell of a game. As, uh, you know, the Pittsburgh Pirates, not the greatest of teams, right? They still, uh, uh, what was their record again coming Pittsburgh it, was five, five and wins. five. Yeah, they
1: had five wins. So, so Same as the Brewers going into the game. Yeah, they were technically half a game ahead of Milwaukee because they were five yeah. and four heading into the game. They hadn't played as many games as Milwaukee. Milwaukee, now I can say this, Ebo, Tied for the lead with the most wins in the NL Central. Yes,
0: yes. Yeah. Not,
1: not not in first, but they have the most tied for the most wins in yeah. the Central. They've just played more games than pretty <laughs> much everyone else in the Central. I think outside of the Reds, who the Reds have not been yeah, good at that, all
0: this year. Yeah, the Reds stink, dude.
1: But uh, another big thing, I think you got to, when you talk about yesterday's offense, yeah, it was Christian Yelich was a huge part of it with that double and, and that grand slam. But uh, Willie Adamas, before Yelich, working a walk when he was down in the count, or I guess you would say even in the count at 2-2 and and then finding a way to get a walk to load the bases up, that was a huge at-bat with two outs.
0: Yeah, Willie Adamas, I mean, they were talking about it on the broadcast, right, that uh, when the Brewers, they're below five hundred, but when they got... Willie Adamas, he was the spark plug for the team last year. It's well-documented last year. Willie Adamas, what an addition for the Brewers as well.
1: And Eric Lauer coming up there, giving them six strong innings, just one run, scattering five hits, and only one walk this time. That was a big pitching performance. Because you remember when we were talking, we kind of previewed the series yesterday. Uh, What was that, around 920? Mm -hmm. I said... Okay, you look at the pitching matchups. In Game 2, you have Corbin Burns versus uh, Brubaker. In Game 3, you have Woodruff versus... Oh, uh, who was it? Can't remember. Uh, yeah, who was it? was Mitch. I uh, can't remember his whatever. last name, but whatever. Those are two games that, on paper they'll be heavily favored in. Now, in this game, they were still bigger favorites, but we're talking this game, I think they were like minus 180 favorites. Uh In the Burns and the Woodruff, they're going to be like minus 230 favorites. (laughs) They're going to (laughs) be overwhelming favorites in these upcoming games. But that was a big one. Eric Lauer threw well, ate up six innings. And then another thing that goes along with that is they had two, or sorry, they also used three leverage low low-level. Low leverage pitchers, where it's like Gustave came in, still continued to throw well. Milner came Oldie in, Milner. got out of a little jam, and then Urena came in and it was basically yeah, it was the done. end. And all he had to do was throw it right down the middle. And yeah, yeah. Kane
0: just had to go catch a deep fly warning track ball.
1: But yeah, I mean the the Brewers get a good pitching performance. Don't have to use any of your top relievers. Got to save Hayter, nice Boxburger, and Williams, especially because you just used them the day before. And how
0: about a confidence builder for Christian Yelich? I mean, this was a perfect game for the Milwaukee Brewers last night. It was everything, got, everything that Mitch could go Keller. right. Mitch Whether, Keller. That's go. will
1: be starting game three for Pittsburgh.
0: Everything that could
1: go right essentially went right for
0: the Milwaukee Brewers last night.
1: felt Felt good. Yeah, now this is definitely where it's like, the Brewers could easily take a sweep here. If if Corbin Burns is Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff is Brandon Woodruff, they could easily sweep these three games. Yeah. And if you're sitting here after this series at eight and five and you've seen how the Brewers have played in the first 13 games, you're like, man, they've really only played well in one series if they sweep Pittsburgh. yep, And they're at eight and five and most likely would still be either the best in the central or right there with probably the Cardinals, depending on what they do in their rainouts. You'd have to be ecstatic for how they've played. Oh
0: yeah, my I'm I'm God. Definitely. It feels really good. And just to see. I think. Just Christian Yelich with the grand slam last night. I know it was. It's one game, and Yelich's kind of been in a little tough spot. Um, for a while here to start this season <laughs> to two years, <laughs> <laughs> but it is it 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 feels good. It feels nice to see Yelly have a very productive game, especially get that home run out of the way and it being a grand slam. I mean incredible. So speaking of the you know the past two years, which is kind of tough, right? so that's just christian Yelich's first home run since september twenty fourth of last year and his second in his last 51 games. So That's e- crazy.
1: Ebo. I think one thing to keep an eye on, especially early in these first couple months before you really hit June where you hit those real summer days where we know in Wisconsin we're not summer thinking about days. it's going to be a complete downpour or it's or going snowing. to be snowing because <laughs> I see there's a little dusting on the tops of houses was this again. Snow-
0: was it snowing this morning?
1: By, or it, was was it wasn't when I got up, but I saw some dusting. Oh, on unbelievable. The, on it was last rooftops. night again.
0: Yeah. We can't weather shame, though, Rowdy. We don't want to be weatherists.
1: But I think one thing to keep in mind and look forward here down the stretch is, we talked about it a little bit leading up to the season. It's the fact that they shortened the season by eight days. Mm -hmm. They are still playing 162 games, but the season is eight days shorter. That means they're obviously condensing more games into lesser lesser days. Uh, I believe the Brewers had... One doubleheader officially scheduled go before the season started. Yeah, they had one double header officially scheduled and then they had San Francisco in like a really weird it was one off day one. It was like normally it would have been an off day, but it was like on an off day between two series. Yeah, and then they play a double header against San Francisco later in the season. and then season. they come back. Yeah, they they it's, go it's,
0: Philly. Isn't it Philly? They go East Coast, Philly, and then they go Giants for one game and they go back uh, to Pittsburgh then.
1: But then later in the year, they play a double header in one day, twice, obviously, against the Giants. It's like a really weird I know. series with how they scheduled the three games against the Giants. But regardless, that was the only true weird spot that the Brewers really had in that condensed schedule. It was just less less days off during the each month. But now with the with the rainouts, the Milwaukee rainout in Chicago, Milwaukee Brewers now have one double header at the end of May against the Cubs. Mm-hmm. I would think we should keep an eye on, and it depends kind of when these double headers get rescheduled because the Cubs one is, is in late May because it's yeah, when May the, 30th. the uh, Milwaukee Brewers are back in Chicago. So Chicago doesn't lose obviously a home game, Yeah, but you have the St. Louis Cardinals who's supposed to be like the front runner, with the brewers, right? One of the other teams that is favorite to win the central, it's the brewers, it's the cardinals and then it's everyone else. Mm-hmm. Cardinals have only played 8 games this year. They've had 3 rained out or postponed <laughs> games. Like depending on where they they schedule these and how many more the St. Louis Cardinals have in April and May. What if it's a really close race, but the brewers only have a game or two that they have to make up where the cardinals have like 5 or 6? already in a condensed schedule, I mean, that, that could be something to, to look forward. Yeah. Yeah. Not not necessarily look forward to, but but keep keep an eye eye on on to see if all of a sudden we get late in the season, maybe it's the last month or so. And the Cardinals got to play instead of 25 games in the month, they got to play like 28. That that could be a real difference and stress on your pitching staff. There's no doubt, especially because for what we know, the, uh, team rosters go down from 28 to 26 May 1st. Now that's the rule as of now. We'll see if they allow that to to change or potentially stay at 28 for so. May. That that's all That was all MLB on the fly saying, hey, since we have a shortened spring training, but we'll see how that works. Uh,
0: Major League Baseball, um, just I had to Google it really quick because I couldn't remember exactly how many, but they have scheduled 30 additional doubleheaders to make up some of the 91 games postponed by the lockout. And now the Brewers have another one thrown on because of the rainout with the Cubs, and that's made up on May 30th. So nine ninety. one game is postponed. An additional thirty double headers.
1: Yeah, but that's nice because the Brewers currently only have two double headers on their schedule. Yeah, right now the Cardinals have four. Yes, and, and wild. We're, we're literally not even two full weeks into the season. Yeah, so
0: this is definitely going to have a big
1: play in the arms for you know the postseason here. And remember, the Cardinals they still don't have their ace Jack Flaherty, no. who is currently on the IL with uh, some arm injuries, not likely to be back anytime soon. That could be like a June type return. And don't forget that they had a lot of guys injured, not only in that starting rotation last year, but also they had some injuries in the bullpen yeah. where you talked about them. The, uh, on Monday, Jordan Hicks, guy that used to be there actually was in the closer role for them a few years ago, but he struggled with arm injuries the last couple of years. He's another guy coming off of injury. They, they, they have some big time players that were either injured last year, starting this season injured. And that could only be more worrisome for the Cardinals. If you have to continue to bunch more games together with yeah. guys that haven't necessarily done that. Yep. Uh, so, uh, Cubs. I'm not, I'm not too worried about because I think the Cubs will be sneaky, like kind of the thorn in your side where, yeah, they're six and four right now, but let's see where they're at after so 60 games.
0: Did the the, the Cardinals just had a travel day then yesterday because they're in Miami. Is that what it is because they didn't play yesterday? Is that is that what I'm seeing then? So they played the Brewers, obviously, Sunday when the crew won 6-5. And they must have just not played yesterday because they got the fish now um, starting today in Miami. But yeah, looking at it, I mean, Cardinals are the biggest threat to the Milwaukee Brewers for the NL Central. Besides the Brewers, the biggest threat being themselves. And then... Yeah. Man, the Reds—they just are terrible.
1: No, the Reds. The Reds. Finally, remember when you were, you were giving me, you guys were giving me crap about when. Uh, they traded two. away a bunch of. He was trading pieces to win additional two games. Yeah, in 2019, but they were clearly building up to be better. Was that 2019 or? it didn't really work
0: out for them, did it?
1: No, they were building up to be better, but what they didn't do was officially go all in. Like they made some of those moves where it's like, okay, that's a solid move. Okay, that's a solid move. But where was your big signing?
0: Yeah, it never came to fruition. I mean,
1: they like they like half-assed it, and then yeah. all of
0: a sudden, and we were saying like, "Why are you doing this? You guys are stupid."
1: Then all of a sudden, two years later, instead of continuing to try with that roster, they're like, "Ah, we're blowing this up." Yeah, it, it, looking at the time with how the contracts looked, it made sense if you were going to push all your chips in. Now, being that they didn't push all their chips in when they started making these moves. It goes, why did you even do that ever? So, when
0: I was saying that they're a bunch of idiots for doing it, I guess they were actually idiots. Yeah, but at the, <laughs> but at the time, I was, I was right at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, but at the time, how it was all coming about, it looked like GM that's say? smart.
0: What the GM is like, I'd do anything to win an additional, like, one or two games or something like that. Well, it's like, okay,
1: they acquired. What year it? was that? Was that like 2018 or 19? Yeah, 2018. They, remember, they acquired Sonny Gray, they acquired Trevor Bauer. They, they were getting a lot of pieces. The offense wasn't ever the problem. Mm-hmm. And it was like all of a sudden like, dude, you need like one more big bat and another big pitcher. Why aren't you going and getting them? They just like they all of a sudden became complacent. And now look at them. They're just god awful. Well, they They sold yeah, awful. a lot of their offense away. And yeah, they're terrible. Pittsburgh's five and five. But that's. That's They'll a team where down. you look at the starting, you look at that starting uh, lineup, and you go, "Okay, who's good here?" Well, Reynolds is pretty good. He's batting second. Mm. You have Hayes, who's like an up and coming uh, young player. He bats first for him. And then you scroll down, and you're like, Chavis, kind of a journeyman. back journeyman. Castillo, never heard of him until he hit a home run. <laughs> Newman's all right, but he's Newman. only batting 185. Mariznick, journeyman. Like Gamel, journeyman. Cole Tucker journeyman, like this team's not Babe gonna, Gamble. Yep, the, the, who the Brewers had, where he yep. opened up
0: his pregame ritual, he'd take a Red Bull, hit a spike with it, dump half of it on the ground. Yeah, he was with last it.
1: year as well. Babe but Gamble? it's like that. You look at that roster, and you look at the pitching staff that they have. They traded away one of their better relievers at the yeah. deadline last year to the Braves. Yeah, they're five and five now, but yeah, they, they'll they'll be down there if they're eighty one and eighty one at the end of the season. You'll
0: eat your hat. Sure. <laughs> oh, well, the king's not on <laughs> Twitch yet. Well, this could be a news of the weird thing. What do you think about reanimation of bodies? It's alive. Oh, it's alive. It's alive. It's alive. It's- is Christian Yelich alive, Rowdy? The grand slam of yelly
3: The 1-0 pitch, and Yelich, a high drive. Deep right field. This ball is way back. Bye-bye
1: baseball.
0: Is it alive, Rowdy? The Christian Yelich and the confidence and the bad is it
2: alive?
1: I said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hold up." When the Brewers were five and five, we'll re—we'll re—come back to this topic in mid to late May. Mm -hmm. same thing with Christian Yelich. Yes, one game, he crushes a double to right field, his hardest hit ball, and then follows that up with a grand slam that was in the upper deck there at uh, American Family Field. All signs looking good, especially when has the double, the grand slam, and gets on base with a walk. He looked like he was back in 2018, 2019 version of Christian Yelich, but I think I just thought of a Twitter poll. (gasps) And it stems from last night. Will Mars attack? Oh, no, not that. Sorry. One... Obviously we saw Christian Yelich coming back and, and looking like his former MVP form for one game. He turned the clocks back, mm-hmm. but we also saw Eric Lauer throw six innings, only give up that one solo shot, which barely got over the fence and he looked really good. And I, and just kind of when you were playing that, I thought of this, if you had to have one or the other, would you rather have Christian Yelich back at an MVP version or would you rather have the pitching staff back or better than what it was Ooh. last year?
0: So which would you rather have? Yelich at MVP form? All right, I'm, I'm typing I'm type the poll right now. MVP form or, or what was the, the other one? The
1: pitching staff as good or better than last year. Pitching staff, good or better? Because <laughs> we've, we've, as Brewer fans, we've seen good offensive play like my entire life, right? Since mm-hmm. like the turn of the century, yeah, they've always had good, good offensive players that can hit the long ball. But then they get to the playoffs, and it's like, all right, we got one good pitcher. Now we're screwed. So also, so
0: Twitter doesn't let me hit. Ha- I can't in two thousand and
1: eleven.
0: So how about this? Which would you rather have, Brewers fans? The Albert MVP form of pitching better than twenty one? Sure, because I can't fit good or better. Sure, okay,
1: because so. I'm interested to see because in twenty twenty two thousand eight, we'll say. That was when they traded for CeCe Sabathia. They got on that run. They ended up matching up with, I believe it was the Phillies that year. Mm -hmm. Phillies were just, they were the team. They were amazing in that stretch when they had all those pitchers, all those players. I mean, I don't have to rattle off like a dozen of them, but you get what I'm saying. 2011 was the first really good Brewer team where their rotation was Grinky. It was Gallardo it was Sean Markham who pitched really well that year. And they had a little bit of pitching, but not anything near what they had last year. Last year, their pitching would win them games two to one, one to nothing. Hell, they would even take guys out when they had no hitters. Like that's, <laughs> you, I was having a good day today. Why do you got to bring that up? Not only did they have three guys in the top eight for Cy Young award voting, but they had Josh Hader, who won reliever of the year for the third time in the last four years. They had Devin Williams as a setup man, who won reliever of the year the year before. Yeah. Like, Brad Boxberger has been really freaking good for this team now for a year, in, year and change. Do you would you rather see Christian Yelich at an MVP form carrying the team like he did from May to September in 2018 or pretty much April to September in 2019 cuz I think that's like an interesting question because the pitching by far got them Cruising to a central title and into the playoffs.
0: And look how it, bad the and anemic the offense was for so long. Exactly. The pitching staff is like they win like two to one games, And they
1: still relatively pitched well in that series against the Braves. They just couldn't score runs. It was literally too rowdy to less swings. Yeah. But then in the past, like I said, we've seen pretty good offenses with the fielders, the Corey Hearts, the Ryan bronze, like so, Aramis Ramirez, like some of those players. But the pitching wasn't good, and once they got to the to the playoffs, they get bounced because they can't yeah. they can't hold teams down. I'm because I think it's it's obviously got to be a combination. I, I've said this for over a year now. For them to be a true World Series contender, they need to have pitching, which it appears they have now, and they've had for over a year. Yep. And they need Christian Yelich, their highest played player player the guy that bats third in the order to be mvp type caliber level if they're going to be a true world series contender and world series champ now but would you if you had to have one or the other what would it be do you want christian yelich to try and carry you or do you want an entire pitching staff to try and carry you?
0: the twitter poll is up which would you rather have brewers fans yelly at mvp form or pitching good or better i just want betters because i can't fit Fit it all in there because of the Twitter parameters. Pitching better than 2021. Uh, right now, 67% very early returns going with the pitching. Uh, and our guy, yo, what's up, Chris? C2G says pitching and yelly at borderline all star. Oh, so you want your cake and to have a little slice of it too? Okay. While Yelich was uh, stealing headlines. How about the starting pitching performance yesterday from the Milwaukee Brewers? That was pretty nice, eh?
1: yeah, Eric Lauer looked really good. I mean, he scattered some hits here and there, but nothing nothing much at all and it was really just a a wall scraper of a home run that got out after he hit, after Castillo swung and got hit just above the kneecap ended up going yard, but outside of that. Not a ton of runners on the base pads for the Pirates. Lauer looked locked in. Looking good. That's a good sign. I think if you if you go back and look now, Burns has had one good start in his first two. Burnsy. Woodruff has had one good start in his first two. Um, you could go with Hauser has had. You could argue that the one was okay, but for sure, one good start. Yeah. Lauer is now one good start in his first two. The only guy that is 0 for 2 in their first two starts is Freddie Peralta. Yeah, he's, yeah. And and if you look at the pitching side of things, Josh Hader continues to be Josh Hader. Uh, Brad Boxberger looked like the Brad Boxberger so far this year of last year. Devin Williams is struggling. But I think you got to give a big shout-out to those lower lower stress lower level uh, relievers like the Trevor Gotts of the world have looked good. That's the Yandel Gustaves have looked good. Hobie Milner has looked pretty good. Like, All of them, if they do walk, guys, have gotten out of pretty much all the trouble they've gotten themselves in and or have just looked good. So with Yelly
0: with the Grand Slam last night and, you know, the starting pitching outside of you know, Freddie Peralta looking a lot better than the first, you know, when the season started, uh, we have the Twitter poll, which would you rather have, Brewers fans? And I'm glad now that Twitter uh, has so a limit on characters you can use. So we we're going to say pitching good slash better, so good or better than 2021. But since you can only have so much text in your options, I went with pitching better than 21. I'm glad we did that because I can't believe this. So the poll is, which would you rather have, Brewers fans? Yelich at MVP form or pitching better than 2021? Right now, uh, 230-plus votes in. 76% of the vote going with Yelich at MVP form over the pitching better, better, Than 2021. I'm actually surprised that Christian
1: Yelich is running away with this one. I voted for pitching. I voted for pitching as well, just because you saw how easily they cruised through the Central last year. They got to coast the entire last three to three and a half weeks, Mm -hmm. and the pitching looked pretty good in the postseason. It was one guys were pulled early, even in that postseason series, and it was literally two Rowdy Tellez swings that scored all the runs in that three games. Oh.
0: My God! I have breaking news, Rowdy. It's it's not. Oh wow! All right. So, Rowdy, you voted. I voted for pitching. You voted for pitching.
1: Yeah. What? Yeah, just get Yelich at what? Borderline All Star. If he's borderline All Star like he was with the Fish in sixteen and seventeen, where he had between fifteen and twenty home runs, but he was batting about two eighty five and and sixty to eighty RBIs. That'll be good enough with this pitching staff.
0: Yeah. NFL stuff, I wanted to get into this, and it's something that's front page, a lot of entities here. and we we had talked about it a while ago, uh, because the news came out. what was it? Uh, was it Brian Flores when he was coach of the Miami Dolphins? Correct? He was told to tank, and he would get paid and he get paid hundreds
1: h- of thousands of dollars to each to tank game per game. Mm-hmm. And he said,
0: "Hell no. it's basically not in my DNA. To lose, I am out there to try and win. Brian Flores, by the way, welcome to the winner's circle of Over the Line. Uh, Brian Flores said, No, I will not tank. And then this whole story came out, um, you know, with the Dolphins involving, what was it, the, the, the backdoor deal of Tom Brady to get in there. There was a meeting on a yacht where Brady showed up and Brian Flores uh, stormed out because the owner wanted him to have Brady. Then Brady was going to be the starting quarterback, but also be like, uh, An owner, owner. an ownership. See, my question
1: with that was: remember the the infighting between owner, GM, and Brian Flores? Yeah, was the fact that Brian Flores did not want Tua? Yeah, Mm -hmm. the GM wanted Tua, the owner wanted Wanted Tua, Tua, and he did not like the fact that he had Tua as his quarterback. Wouldn't you think he'd be like? welcoming Tom Brady with open arms even if it was a little shady on a boat it's just Tom Brady. because
4: maybe they didn't have a good relationship in New England maybe he thought of the love boat well, that was Vikings. what I was
1: going to say it's like they were in New England together so they yeah. would have some bit of rapport it's obviously not Tua if you were so against having Tua as your quarterback and oh yeah Tom Brady happens to be like the greatest of all time yeah. the most winningest Super Bowl I would ask if
0: I could pick up the bill on the yacht if uh, no one else is going to pick I just it up I, 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 like, Tom do you want me get that
1: for you like, if I was in a room with, with uh, Flores, I'd be like, okay, if you didn't want Tua and you didn't want Brady, who the hell do you want to be a quarterback?
0: And you don't want to be paid to tank because you just want to win. It's in your DNA. And you say no to the habitual winner that is Tom Brady? Like, it just seems a little that's off, why. Right? That's why you I'm like, I, I want to
1: know. I would right. love to know who Brian Floor, or who had, Flores had tab to be his quarterback. Yeah, I, I have no <laughs> idea. I don't think he was on the roster if you didn't want Tua.
4: No, but he wanted uh What's his face? And he didn't
1: want to tank and go Texans. get one of the top. Oh yeah, Watson. Yeah.
0: So with when all of this was happening, well, the Brady and the ownership and the whatever stuff is now. But at this unfolding time, now
1: wasn't Deshaun Watson sexual assault stuff still yes. going on during this yes, time? Yes, yes, yes. That'd be such a sketchy. Like even from, I can see it
0: leaving the yacht. Then if it's Deshaun Watson shows up out of nowhere, but if, <laughs> that, if that was <laughs> a guy that
1: he had pegged, that's such a risky move. Like the Browns already risked everything going out in in trading so, form and signing. I'm glad you him. brought
0: yeah. that up, Rowdy. Speaking of the Cleveland. Browns when this was all coming out with Brian Flores getting paid to tank there was another guy that threw his hat in the ring to say hey 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 I was also incentivized to tank don't forget about me that would be Cleveland Browns coach or former coach Hugh Jackson Hugh Jackson one of the worst professional coaches uh, that I could ever remember and everybody was like right okay let's move on Hugh Jackson's (laughs) like I was I was incentivized to tank listen to me and then he had some tweets about it. He was on, you know, some uh, talk shows talking about it. So Hugh Jackson, now the coach at Grambling State, he was fired by Browns owner D and Ginny Haslam eight games into the 2018 season with a record of 3-36-1. My God, if he was incentivized to tank, he must be like a billionaire. Yeah, here's the thing. If you were and you got paid, shut up. So Hugh
1: Jackson. Well, my thing with Hugh Jackson is, Do I believe that the Browns were tanking as a football team in an organization? Yes, I do. Mm. And I got reasonings for that. Do I think they openly asked Hugh Jackson to tank for three straight years (laughs) and said, we'll pay you or whatever? No, because I think Hugh Jackson was just that bad of a coach. Yes, The the organization itself was like, we're going to hire you because it's going to look good for us and you stink at coaching, so you're going to... (laughs) already be tanking but you're actually trying it's going to be a win-win for us that's where i think they were coming from yeah
0: hugh jackson uh, went 1-15 in 2016 and 0-16 the defeated season in 2017 so he made the comments uh here just take a listen to some someone
1: you explicitly approached by ownership or anyone in the front office to tank and that you would be incentivized for it
3: Uh, This is what I would say. Um, What I was approached by is understanding what that four-year plan was. And I think if we understood the mechanics of it and how it was laid out, I never knew that that plan would lead to those things because I didn't understand it, being very honest. Uh, And then once I was in it and understood everything that was on that plan and how it affected myself and how others were being paid from it, then it made sense to me that this is a team that can't win that the first two years, that's why it didn't talk about winning is not to win so that you can capitalize that way. Not so much for me, but for draft picks or uh, creating salary cap space so that they can do what they needed to do on the other end.
1: All right. So he goes on to say basically that uh, he was See, incentivized. In this. I believe him on the four year plan. I think if you look at what the Browns did, like I said, they hired him knowing that he wasn't going to be good. They went,
4: yeah, I mean, he went 36 of 40 yeah, losses, and he only coached two He was 26 and was eight, 28 two games. He coached, yeah, he coached eight games in the third season. Yeah, you don't, you don't, you cannot tank and go one and one 31. Yeah, it's it's well, the same. his first two seasons
1: was one and 31. Well, that's the that's the thing to me. It's like okay, they hired you to win but they knew you were going to suck, so they were, in theory, tanking. But I believe it was a four-year plan because you were going to suck for three years. They were going to get your ass out of there. They were going to clear salary cap space, add into picks, and then they were going to win in the fourth year. They just didn't tell you that you weren't going to be a part of the fourth year. And my reason why I think that I would actually believe that they were tanking is for this reason. Do you remember when the Browns made waves because they went after some baseball execs that were in on a, uh, analytics? analytics? Yeah. And if you know anything about baseball or even NBA to an extent, if you're not going to be good or, or somewhat of a playoff contender, you should probably just suck because you get a better draft pick. Yeah. And a lot of these analytics guys, you see like the A's. When the A's think they're going to be good, they'll spend more money. Yeah. When they think they're going to be bad, they'll spend no money. They'll trade away all their players and they'll do their best to not be good, to save money, open up salary, and add draft picks. Look at what the Astros did in like the late 2000s, early 2010s, where they were like by far one of the worst teams for like a five year stretch added so many draft picks, hit on said draft picks and signings, mm-hmm. and now look at the team that they had those five, six years that was really good contending for World Series. So I think bringing in the baseball execs, they probably took a baseball approach and were like, hey, we're going to clear all this salary. We're going to be really bad for t- two, three, four years. We're going to get all these picks. We're going to hit our picks, and then we're going to have a team and start spending money. Then we'll get the right head coach. I think that's probably how they went about it, just like I, how they do in so baseball. So in, in like, after
0: Hugh Jackson was fired in 2018, they were also wanting the Browns to interview Condoleezza Rice for the head coaching position, if you guys remember that. This was after Hugh Jackson was fired. So this could have been part of the four-year plan to suck complete ass. Well, it would be like, hey, I am opening up a five-star restaurant. I'm going to go get a guy that works at Jiffy Lube to be the star of it. Sure. Condoleezza Rice was going to be interviewed for this. So the Cleveland Browns have now uh, have, are talking to NFL investigators looking into this claim of tanking. So they say they welcome now the NFL inquiry into the tanking claims made by Hugh Jackson. Like it, so they're a, being investigated now. It's one of those, when, when
4: did they start hiring those uh, analytics guys? I
1: have to go back and look at what
4: the year at I, was. I, I'm looking at seasons here. We might want to talk to Mike Patton. You go Uh-oh. seven and nine in your first season, thirteen and three next season. I don't know if he left or was fired. Maybe maybe mutual. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember. And then yeah, Hugh Jackson comes in for one and 0 and sixteen, and then two
1: five and one. I'm trying to find out when the 2016 uh, Paul was hired. Paul De Podesta sure. to bring Moneyball to NFL. That was January of 2016. All right, and when was Mike Pettin fired? Oh, from the Browns. Because <clears throat> yeah his
4: his second season, he went three and thirteen. Hugh Jackson came in for the 2016. Mike Pettin stopped coaching in
0: 2015 for the Browns. So it would okay. have
1: been that that lines up perfectly. Yeah, they brought in analytic guy from baseball in, said, in January of 2016. Said football guy Mike Pettin needs the go. And brings in Hugh Jackson. They absolutely suck for three years. Yeah, And they were on a quote-unquote four-year plan. They got rid of a ton of players. Not a ton, but the good players that were on, on Cleveland or the ones that they weren't going to build around. They were awful. They got first pick after first pick. Look at C. Baker Mayfield, C. Miles Garrett. Yeah, And they started spending. Look at the last few years. They went out and got free agents. Mm-hmm. 100%. This is exactly what they do in baseball. You brought in a baseball guy. This yeah. is what they did. Sorry, you just happened to be the stooge they hired, yeah. Hugh Jackson. Yeah. Hugh Jackson, you're,
0: you're the you're the placeholder. The holder. Browns knew what they were doing. It was just here's the thing. Hugh Jackson was the the pigeon. He was the stoolie and all this. He was the guy that was the fall guy. Then they thought they should hire Freddie Kitchens. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 there are certain organizations that are just destined to suck till the end of time.
1: I just love that. Yeah. We Lions, looked, the Browns. I love that we looked it up and it absolutely fit to what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, so they're being investigated, and they said they well w- welcome it with but open here's arms. here's the thing.
1: You can't prove that. No. You no. can't prove that. You could say, we stunk. We, we stunk. We were going to try and rebuild. This is how we went about rebuilding. You can't actively prove that they were trying to lose because if they never approached you, Jackson, about taking money, but they just hired a terrible coach. Yeah. And... The fact that you can't prove that they didn't try and offer some, you know, maybe the, maybe a big free agent. They offered him 80 million instead of he signed for 90 million. Well, this is a
4: guy who thought it was a good idea to hire Art Briles back after yeah. uh, the man was uh, kind of fired for covering Ooh. up. Uh, sexual assault
1: and other crimes on his football team. This is something that they'll never be able to prove unless they can find like a receipt that he took money to lose. Right. And they're never going to find that because I don't actively think that that was a thing.
0: Well, I think the Browns if they they were uh, complicit in doing this they were doing this one thing and one thing only covering their tracks if that's the case. Do they pay Hugh in just straight cash? With a McDonald's bag full of money. Well, what, Here, here's your bonuses for going did, uh, 0 and 16 and one and
4: 15. Jimmy Haslam is the uh, the flying J and uh, gas station guy. Wasn't he in trouble for something like with his actual business, not his side business of the Browns? I, I feel like there was some money stuff going on there. So maybe <laughs> can't gas remember what it were was. Too high. <laughs> this is before that. Uh, I mean, there was depending on. Old,
0: Jimmy Haslam won't face charges. Uh, He's not charged. of something that looms with a fraud scheme at his family's truck stop chain, the Pilot Flying J. A five-year fraud scheme. What's your five-year plan? Don't die? Don't die. (laughs) Our guy, Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show. Grant! What's going
3: on? Good morning, Evo, and Happy Easter! I hope your holiday was lovely. You had a good weekend.
0: Oh, Grant, I hope yours was even better. I hope you got many Easter eggs
3: full of money. Is that true? Did you? No, just a lot of candy. Uh, My my, the Easter Bunny brought a basket. Me and my sister were both home. My brother was not. He stayed in Madison, but he didn't hide the basket. So I, I feel like it was a more mature Easter morning. Still got the candy. Still got the basket. But wasn't a hunting high and low at eight in the morning? Yeah, uh, like yeah. I did when I was little. Yeah,
0: I feel you. Oh, your favorite Easter candy? Do you have one? You know, I, I, no, no, practice, I, haven't, I haven't even talked it's, about. it. I haven't even thought about it. What do are you?
3: Are you, are you, are you, a Cadbury egg guy? You a Cadbury egg guy? Yeah, just give me a Reese's egg. Yeah, Reese's same. egg. It's fun. Hey, Grant, okay. Yeah, I, we, have a, we have a
0: question here. Of, I already know the answer, but I want to ask you this. It's, uh, so the NBA, hey. the, the MVP of the NBA, obviously we'd prefer if the Bucs win the championship. We had a question, though. If the yeah. Nuggets lose the series to the Warriors, could they take away the MVP from the Joker and give it to Giannis Adetokounmpo? Could that happen? Or is it like, no, no that's a regular season award?
3: Well, it is a regular season award, but this is why I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Like, a couple years ago, Ibo, we would never give an MVP to a player whose team is the sixth seed, right? And this is why. It's not really Jokic's fault that his team is getting, like, put on the pavement by the Warriors because his team isn't very good. But he's getting ejected, and it just looks bad, and that's not how an MVP should look. Like, I should watch the MVP in the playoffs. If the MVP loses in the first round of the playoffs— the team that beats said MVP needs to come away from that series thinking, "Oh my God, that dude almost beat us single-handedly!" Right? Like, whoo! Like we got away with something. That's not how this is going. And major props to Draymond Green because he's done an outstanding job, and he looks right now. And the Warriors are fun, and that's great, but man, Jokic is going to get bounced two years in a row in the, in the first round. And last night, Evo, I saw some basketball people on Twitter saying, oh, this just proves to me more why Jokic is the MVP. This team's terrible. How did they even get in the playoffs? It's like, no, that's not how this is supposed to work. <laughs> so I hope starting next year we have a little bit of a correction. It's, it's lame. I don't like that Jokic is going to win back-to-back MVPs. And I like Jokic, but I, I don't know. A, a six-seed guy should not win back-to-back MVPs.
1: Two things here. One, I get the yeah. shouldn't be winning back-to-back MVPs, especially with the mm-hmm. performances. One, I have to say, I think Draymond Green got away with some fouls. I, w- I did watch yeah. that game. There were definitely some fouls where you would expect, especially being the reigning MVP and potential winner, that you're like, how if the MVP can't get that call, I guess they're not going to call that yeah. for anybody. But the second thing is if they go by that logic, then then like Michael Jordan, LeBron James would have won like every single year, which I don't necessarily disagree with.
3: Yeah, I know we think that. I know we I know we act like we're surprised that LeBron didn't win more MVPs. But if you go back through the years, like Steph won two, won unanimously when his team was the best in his conference. Right, Harden won his with an all-time offensive season when his team was the number one or the number two seed Kevin Durant's thunder was the two seed in 2014. So like you think LeBron and Michael Jordan, you think those guys would win all the MVPs, but that's not how it would have gone. I, but the last years have been really tricky because last year, everybody got hurt and Jokic kind of won it by default this year. I think in years past, you would have seen a guy in the Suns win it right. Best player, best team, but they have Booker and Chris Paul and they're so deep. So that kind of would have seemed wrong. It's, it's been a really weird two years. I hope next year we can go back to seeing, oh, yeah. this guy's team is amazing. He's amazing. He gets the MVP, and we don't really need to use lists and lists of advanced stats to give it to him. You know, I, I kind of hope sure. we get back to that next year, and these two years have just been weird.
0: Uh, Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show joining us right now. Let's get back to the matter at hand, the playoffs and not, you know, a regular season where the MVP, for the MVP. Let's so Bucks up one nothing on the Chicago Bulls. A, a, a win-ugly approach for the Bucks. Oh. game one. Uh, listen, it doesn't matter to me how you win, as long as you win. It's survive and advance in the NBA. Uh, do the Bulls have any threat to the Milwaukee Bucks, Grant Bills?
3: You no, know, there was one point in the third quarter where the Bucks fell behind, right? And the Bucs weren't really running their offense. They were coming down, and they were just kind of letting Chris or especially Drew Holiday take shots in isolation. And I remember tweeting, like, hey, we should run some offense, guys. Like, just run your stuff. The Bulls aren't going to stop you. And then two minutes later, I saw the Bulls run Tristan Thompson out there, and then I thought, oh, okay, never, never mind. It's not going to matter. Because <laughs> this Bulls team just really doesn't have an answer. The Bucks could have easily won that game going away by 10, 12 points. Dude, they had 21 turnovers. Yeah, That's stupid. That's a stupid amount of turnovers, right? And <laughs> Drew bad. and Chris, nobody shot well from three. So if you just take away three of the worst turnovers, the Bucks win that game going away. So I, I know we're... We we were left with this uncomfortable taste in our mouth about an ugly win, but you know if one or two plays go differently, the Bucks run away with it and not worry about it. And they normally stink in Game One. Bucks Bucks under Bud normally stink in Game One. So I'll take a win.
0: So Grant, I was uh, saying this yesterday, and it was you know. I know Giannis was a little in foul trouble, whatever, it's fine. But when he was on the court, my God, was he dominant. Was he When he was on there, he was the, the Bucks were 19 points better when he was on the court than the Bulls. Uh, Giannis Dendokounmpo, I said, I don't, this is what I said yesterday, I don't think, and I've said this a couple of years, that he's scratched the surface yet, he, or that he's peaked, excuse me, that Giannis Dendokounmpo has peaked Yet, which is a scary thought because the dude's like the Terminator. Do you think Giannis uh, has yet to even peak? To quote Dennis Reynolds from it's "Always Sunny," I
3: haven't even begun to peak. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about Always Sunny last night while watching the Brewer game. <laughs> I I love Giannis because he's he's a rare type of player that gets a little bit better every single year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like th- those are the players that are truly special because they find little ways and little little things to tweak their game. They're never satisfied, right? Some players in, you know, year six or seven, they hit their prime, and then they're like, all right, that's it. Giannis, I think, is going to continue to get a little bit better at everything every year. I mean, you see him, his mid-range jumper has gotten really, really good. He'll take this jumper from the block extended while he's fading towards the baseline, and it's unblockable because he's so long nobody can get over to block it, and that shot's become really good. You can tell how hard he works at free throws. Right? He had a bad first half against Chicago shooting free throws, and you saw him shooting free throws coming out of halftime while the performer was climbing chairs at half court. Like, you, can just, you can see it with him how the littlest things stick with him and bother him and how he needs to get better at them. Yeah, he's a special guy who's just wired that way. No, I, I don't think he's, he's peaked. Now, you're not going to see him get way better at these things You're just going to see him little by little improve for, I think, the rest of his career just because that's how he's wired.
0: All right, Grant. So something that we would like to see, Pete, before I let you go, that would be the play of Christian Yelich. How good did that feel to see that grand slam get out of the way for Yelich? His first home run of the season, his first home run in a while. How did it feel to have that grand salami against the
3: Pirates? Uh, Dude, it was awesome. I, I think Rock and I think it was Levering on the TV call. And I wasn't listening on the radio. I just got back from a run. I'd thrown it on hey, the TV. Know, I thought they song? did a really – yeah, I, I thought they did a really good job kind of expressing, hey, everyone in that dugout feels great for him, right? Yelich has got kind of a weight off of his shoulders, but I think everyone else in the dugout sighing relief too because everyone counts on Yelich to produce. I'm not even obsessed with his contract. And all he needs to play good to make up that contract. I, I just want the Brewers to win. I want them to have a deep playoff run, and they can't really do that unless Yelich, in my opinion, is playing like an MVP – So if this is a confidence issue, and I think it is, I think the last two years his back's been banged up and it was a weird pandy shortened season. This year, I I think there's just some underlying confidence issues from how poor the last two seasons have been and his contract number going up. And if that's the case, a home run like yesterday should work wonders. Now, I've thought that before, right? He had a couple games last year where he hit home runs, and I thought, there it is. And he just never really got off the ground. So I I hope this is different. My favorite part of that home run really quickly, and I tweeted about it. If you were watching on Valley Sports Wisconsin, was Bill Schroeder just berating the Pirates manager for leaving in his right-handed pitch. Like, and I love Rock and because he's a real straight shooter and he's not afraid to just say what's on his mind. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, Derek Shelton leaving in his righty. What a dumb choice. I bet he wished he could have that one back. And he just kept bringing it up for what felt like 10 or 15 minutes, and I could not stop laughing. because he, he kept bringing it up. Like Derek Shelton has some ace left-handed reliever waiting in his bullpen. Like, the Pirates are terrible. Yeah. And, a, and that was a sneaky, entertaining, funny part of the last night's game as well. I got a kick out of that.
0: Oh, Grant, I got a kick out of the Wisco Sports Show. We'll check it out four to six. I'm sure it won't be box. It won't be Brewers. It'll be the fact that Aaron Rodgers didn't show up to voluntary offseason program. <laughs> Correct, Grant?
3: <laughs> uh, no, we're going to talk a little Brewers tonight, and we're going to talk, um, talk some draft. I feel like I've been oh. lacking in draft coverage, and I know Coming a lot up. of people love that, so I'm going to apply myself and put together some, some draft conversations for tonight. I'm not going to overdo NBA. I'm, I'm going to pace myself. Isn't it an NBA you know, lounge NBA's tonight? not everybody's thing. Uh, NBA lounge will be on Thursday. Oh, I, sorry, Thursday. I'm going to save all of my thoughts until then. Hopefully, right. the Bucks are in the playoffs for the next two months. We'll have plenty of time to talk about them, so I'm not going to overwhelm some of my listeners who maybe don't love okay. the NBA. That's my goal. I'm going to try to stick to that.
0: Uh, real quick, we have two comments, Rowdy, uh, about what you had said in our... We cover it all on the show, man. Like, we're... A different breed of sp- well, I am, anyways. The sports talk, Rowdy, Rowdy usually brings me back to some kind of sports reality. But Rowdy, you had mentioned something that, um, you had other sports or other interests outside of sports. And J8 Krebs, our guy Jordan, he had said, Rowdy, Rowdy has other interests besides sports. I think he kind of took him off, off, uh, off kilter a little bit right there. And then you'd said, Jeepers Creepers was a, uh, a sci fi movie, and Ram Jam, our guy in Scotland, says, pretty
1: sure it's a horror movie. But Rowdy, you had mentioned. It was on Sci-Fi, the Sci-Fi Channel, and two sports is probably ninety-eight percent of what <laughs> I do. What would be the other two percent then?
0: And sports and betting go hand in hand. I mean, that's yeah, that's that hand that hand hand.
1: goes hand in hand. That's like it's sports. Betting. If you if you ever have to fill out like a dating profile, it's like sports guy. Don't know what else you want me to tell you.
0: Well, uh, what do you like? Long walks on the beach. You got brown eyes. Like brown, brown brown eyes. No, that's when you, you start going.
1: Oh, I don't hike. I really don't kayak. <laughs> I. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like watching physical activity, but when it comes to actually being
0: a physical activity. What do you
1: think um big sports guy really do like sports gambling? Hopefully that's not a turn off. Uh what do you think about cards? <laughs> like, like 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 base like playing cards <laughs> or like sports cards? No, as in like yeah, playing cards like well, you want to play some blackjack, <laughs> maybe well, a little po So it
0: sounds like you like casinos.
1: That doesn't go over well a lot. And then after that, it's like, eh, I guess lake activities.
0: Uh, there you go, some lake activities. Going out with friends. <laughs> Going out with friends. Fishing. Don't ask me anything more. And fishing, i.e., just kind of standing around and drinking. Uh, ladies, he is single, so if you uh, like to dabble in sports gambling, sports, some lake activities, hit my guy up at Twitter at Rowdy underscore Razor. All right, no. <laughs> it's a very,
1: a very small faction, and most are basically men.
0: <laughs> and uh, I don't think that's the team you want to play for right rowdy i think yeah
1: nope yeah
0: all right so when it comes to how about teams individuals are going to be playing for the nfl draft upcoming how about that segue to
1: uh next
0: thursday in las vegas rowdy oh my god why don't you go to the draft viva las vegas gambling sports draft
1: if they would have paid for it i'd have been there the it's draft, just like the contract thing the,
0: the draft is gonna they're literally putting the podium in water you had to so you said lake activities? That's water. Lake activities? Dude, you're destined to go out to Las Vegas. All right, so we wanted to go into a, a little bit about NFL quarterbacks. Or I say soon to be NFL quarterbacks. Uh, we did Bailey Zappy yesterday. That was just a little bet we had, a long long shot for if the Packers ever wanted to take a late round flyer. Uh, who do you got on your uh, draft board, Rowdy, that you want so to talk
1: about? I went through like roughly half of the positions last weekend and was looking at players and. Who would I like the Green Bay Packers to draft? Now, I went through this for every single position. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to say this straight up. I do not want the Green Bay Packers to draft a quarterback unless... They trade up they, to get one. Yeah, unless they <laughs> trade up to get one in the first round. No, unless they move on from Jordan Love. Because, yeah, there's been those rumors, what, to the to the Colts Well, the Colts filled their quarterback position. Yeah. Oh, to the Redskins or the football team. What are they now? Commanders. Can't even keep them straight. Oh, but that's just a rumor. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, unless they move on from Jordan Love, I'm not actively saying we need to draft the quarterback Question. at all. Do you think they trade Jordan Love? I actually don't know. I think it's a 50-50 toss-up. <sighs> if it's me, if I'm the general manager, I'm trading him. Yeah. Because I think I have three years left of Aaron Rodgers.
0: Yes. And Jordan Love, listen. Jordan Love ain't it either. in it neither. That's my opinion. All right. and and could
1: you imagine if they did trade him? Like, real quick, if they did trade him and got like a second round pick, you now you'd have six picks in the top 100. Okay.
0: So, yeah, that'd be pretty wild. But then Jordan Love goes down as the worst draft. They'll be the worst draft pick ever for Brian Gutekunst for his whole career. Uh,
1: it depends on what he does. I think right now, probably his worst pick is Josh Jackson. I mean,
0: what are they? What are they? Uh, this is, uh, I mean, we don't need to re. We'll save the Jordan Love conversation if it happens.
1: But yeah, looking at the quarterbacks when you, that are coming out in this year's NFL draft, you have Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, obviously Desmond Ritter, and Matt Corral. Those are by far your top four quarterbacks. Those are all guys that are going to go probably in the first round, if not the very early second round. The Packers aren't going to be in on any of those guys, so that's that's just not even realistic whether they move on from Jordan love or not. None of those guys are in play. So I started looking more or less to guys that had some upside that maybe if you move on from love, you take a chance and maybe you develop them for three or four years from now. And the quarterbacks that I kind of fell on were Sam Howell out of North Carolina. The reason why I liked Sam Howell was he's a kid with a big arm, raw talent. Now he didn't necessarily play with a ton of talent around him at North Carolina. And he also tended to kind of, play down to his competition. Turnovers were kind of an issue there. But he currently has like late second, early third I round see his, grades. his
0: pro comp here at NFL.com is a modern a modernized Drew Brees.
1: But those comps are always a little bit yeah. ridiculous. What
0: was Jordan Love Comp that? Was it Blake
1: Bortles? No, it was Patrick or, Mahomes. Or- was it? I thought there was a yeah. one before it Was Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> that's funny. But Sam Howell would be a guy. What I don't universe? think they really go after him. I think that's probably too high of a draft projection for being a late second, early third round pick for them to really spend that type of draft capital on, especially when you have Rodgers and you have the type of team you currently do and you need more depth and, and you need to fill in other positions. Another guy I looked at was actually Carson Strong out of Nevada. Another kid with a big arm, but one of his big bugaboos was not being able to stay healthy. Yeah. Like He's had a lot of uh, lower body injuries where who knows exactly how well he can move through the pocket. Who knows how athletic he's going to be because of all those injuries and surgeries. But he does have a big arm and can sling it all over. His draft grades currently are... Uh, late fourth, early fifth round, and then we get into to the two uh, to the two we were talking about with Ben. It's Bailey Zappi, who, like I said, <laughs> good deep ball, good name but he, too. But he's he's making a huge step up. It, yeah. It's going from Houston Baptist to Western Kentucky to the NFL. He's definitely going to be a project that you're going to have to have sit on the bench for two three years minimum. Yeah. And is he athletic enough? Currently, his draft grade is in the fifth round. And then the other one that I actually wouldn't mind just for having like a backup quarterback, a low floor. It was Jack Cone, Jack Cohn currently projected in the fifth or sixth round. And again, that's just going to be a guy that comes in. He's going to, he's going to be accurate. He's going to make the throws that you ask him to make. He's more of a a West coast offense. Like you saw him with the Badgers. He's not going to throw the ball 60 yards downfield, but he did show that he could throw the ball better at Notre Dame than what he did at Wisconsin. Those would be my four. Howell, Strong, Zappy, and Cone, and, and that's anywhere Jackie from Boy. like third round to sixth round. I don't think the Packers are gonna spend really, even if they move on from love. There's no reason for them to spend if the type they, of draft okay, capital to go get a good one.
0: Any quarterback, does that mean?
1: The bye only bye way love? I think they, they will ever draft a quarterback is if they truly did move on from love and they thought a guy they could yeah. turn it in, into a project into something it God. was actually there. Man, what a what like, a, what a strange career in the NFL for Jordan Love. You like think about it. It's like Love will be at the end of his rope on his contract and Aaron Rodgers is still in theory if he's there for 3 years is still going to be there. He's you're not going to re-sign a backup quarterback. He's going to want to go elsewhere.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. But I mean, he's, he's I'm a competitor. Also, he's going to want to play. I'm a
1: huge proponent of not drafting a quarterback in the first round just because you need a quarterback. Yeah. I absolutely hate that. Even if you're a terrible team, that's one of my pet peeves when it comes to the draft. I don't care if you don't have a quarterback. If your guy isn't there and you don't think he's that great, uh-huh. why are you spending that? Just keep bolstering the rest of your roster. Maybe go find a veteran that has won some games. Maybe you know, maybe you'll find a guy in in the draft a year or two that you'll actually like. I I just hate drafting quarterback to draft quarterback because you've seen so many busts. Yeah. Like quarterback is the hardest position to play on the football field because you have to know everything you ha- you have to, and to be a good one, you got to be able to make every throw. You got to be able to, to know every play. You got to be able to do everything. Like sure, sure. it's a position where I need to know that that guy is going to be solid before I really, because like, you've had guys over the, in the past, like you've had the Andrew Lux, you had the Trevor Lawrences that were the can't miss. Right. Yep. And those guys always go super high. If you're in that late first round, I hate if he's not your guy. Drafting them anyways, yeah. And I feel like teams that continually do that are the teams you continually see being the worst in the league.
0: Definitely. I will right, we'll continue the draft conversation. Fulmin uh, has blown up a little bit. I think I know who one of them is. I have a question for him. Uh, line one. Good morning. Who's this?
2: Did I hear Nelson was looking for a meeting call? <laughs> 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 good morning, <laughs> Dave from Manona. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> I, is, I, that, I, is that, is that a, sheep? a dying sheep? Is that it is a right. sheep? I like long walks in the woods looking for people like Nelson. <laughs>
0: Dave, a lot of people actually would love to drop you off in the woods and make you have a long walk back.
2: No, I'm actually, I'm actually a good, good survival, so good luck with that one.
0: Yeah, how's a bl- how's a blind of Okay, not to get too personal, but I'm curious. Like obviously you're a blind man, Dave. Like do you have like an internal compass that you can sense? Like are your other senses heightened? Like how's that work? <laughs> Do you, do you always just start, like, do you just roll north if someone just pushes you?
2: <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Rolling north. <laughs> no, you, you use the sun. The sun is your travel. If, if oh, you feel is, it on your face or what? No, yeah, if the sun. or are you feel it on that if, big ol' ass of yours? Or, if you, or if, you, if you have birds, normally birds in the woods flock towards water. Huh, yeah. Okay, look at you. So what happens once you hit the water? Well, at least then you're, you're in an open area and you can't die for days and days and days because you can survive on water for days. Fa- Dave, I'm pretty, pretty sure you can
1: drown in two inches of water. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Dave, you float. You float, Dave. Come on. <laughs> yeah. You're very buoyant. Yeah, I'm buoyant, all right. <laughs> what's up, Dave? I, I, no. <clears throat> oh, my God. It's all, it's all, it's all that uh, coughing up that stuff from uh, thinking about Nelson on his blind dates yeah. with sheep. No, why are you coughing it up then? Anyways, <laughs> my earball <laughs> Anyways, that's why my, that's well, why my you We'll see. Yeah. That's why my favorite show is Elf. Uh, oh, oh, people. I get it. I get it. I get the innuendo. Okay. <laughs> those who have ever watched the show Elf don't yeah, talk oh, yeah. about I get. I get it. I understand. But anyway, uh, no, you don't get rid of um, Jordan Love. What if something goes goes wrong with Rogers history? He's thirty eight years old. You want somebody in a system who knows the system. He ain't bringing anybody in. You're not getting rid of love. At least he's better than any backup you're going to bring in there and teach. I want him to keep uh, love for the next three years. Because at least you've got something something in the background. Something. God forbid Rodgers goes down for two or three weeks, you've got a good stopgap. Could I you know argue, that would...
1: Dave, that if he goes down, the season's over?
2: No, because uh, at least well, it depends on your plan. But at least then you have somebody who knows the system. And you got a hell of an offense. I mean, if you can't survive with the best offensive line and Dylan and Jones, and your defense supposed to be that good, you know, you should be able to survive. Yeah, like you uh, buy some water, be able to survive, right? Or you know, a stonewt term sheep sperm. I hear I heard the two for one special down at Quick Trip today, Nelson.
1: Yeah, well, that's uh, kind of out of my, my pocket books yeah. here these inflation's days with inflation. Got, yeah, inflation's got a bad, day. now
2: he knows why he can't find a date on Saturday night. He's looking at the draft.
1: <laughs> Actually, that was Saturday morning. Yeah, come on,
2: Dave. But, uh, that's all I got. So yeah, well, it, it must have been a hell of a time with uh, you got D- you got Nathan, uh, Doug, and... Uh, your buddies
0: in and the D up in Shano yeah. together at uh, Brothers Pub last night. Look at, look, look at the show bringing people together everywhere.
2: No, I still hate everybody. I don't want to see anybody. Well, I mean, you can't, so. (laughs) (laughs) See you, Dave.